You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Live from Chicken Town, this is the Flopcast, episode 613. On Flopcast.net. Yes, yes. Hello, Cornflake. Hi. I think this is going to be another one of our uh, very popular, just quick, goofy, nothing kind of shows, but we got a couple of things to chat about, I think. Going to keep it short tonight. That's my dream. What do you think? I like your dream. Let's do it. And let's start with National Whatever Day. I think this National Whatever Day has more than one celebration in the calendar year, but it's something good enough that it probably deserves to be celebrated more frequently than just once in a calendar year. I'm talking about popcorn, Kevin. Okay. Popcorn Day is February 11th. Okay. But if somehow you sleep through Popcorn Day on February 11th, I don't want you to be alarmed because as I was doing research for this National Whatever Day, I found out that Popcorn Lovers Day also takes place next month. Evidently, it's March 12th. So it's it's a double header for popcorn. Just a month apart. So th- this day in February, this is for people who maybe have mixed feelings about popcorn. You don't have to love it. Right. You can right, so you can like it, and that's the category I fall into. By the way, I don't love popcorn. Right, I've never been a popcorn at the movies guy. Same. Last time I bought popcorn at the movies, I remember this well because we went to see the Tron sequel. This must have been like fifteen years ago, <laughs> the long-awaited follow-up to 1982's Tron, and we went to see it in Boston. And we met our, a friend of ours there, my friend Jackie. And Jackie wanted popcorn. I went to get Jackie's popcorn. I'm coming back into the theater with the popcorn, and I I tripped over someone or something, and I was just spilling popcorn all over people in the theater, and uh, I dumped out half her popcorn. I I handed her this pathetic half-empty sack of popcorn by the time I got back to her. Oh, that's just the thing about popcorn is you you seldom spill just one piece of popcorn. That stuff gets everywhere. It's all got to go. There was a show called The Popcorn Kid, I think in the late 80s. There was like a TV series about a kid that worked at a movie theater. And that is the extent of what I remember about it. (laughs) That that sounds accurate. (laughs) There's a a Saturday morning show as well in the mid-70s, the Harlem Globetrotters Popcorn Machine. And this was not the Globetrotters cartoon. This was live-action Globetrotters hosting a wacky Saturday morning show. I love that. I love live-action globetrotters doing funny things. Yes. So we owe it all to popcorn, even though we don't really like it. I had a flavor of popcorn that really surprised me. You know, I went out a few years to go to visit our friend Sarah out in Chicago. You know Sarah. I certainly do. Do you know what they do to popcorn in Chicago? Uh Uh-oh. Is it a deep-dish popcorn? (laughs) Deep-dish popcorn. It is, yes. The Chi-Town blend, as they call it, is half caramel popcorn and half cheddar cheese popcorn, which doesn't sound appetizing. 
No, sounds pretty disgusting. Sounds awful. But Sarah said, try it. But I guess there's a reason why uh, it's the favorite flavor of the region, because I did finally try it. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. You liked it. You did not find it completely disgusting. I didn't. And okay. that's saying something, because I'm picky as anything about food. Yeah. All right, I'm canceling my trip to Chicago. That sounds really <laughs> disgusting. Happy Popcorn Day, everybody. Cornflake, let's get off the popcorn. Let's get on to uh, chocolate. You had a, a chocolate encounter recently, I understand. A massive chocolate encounter with some surprises. I got tickets to an event at the Shriners Auditorium about a week or so ago for something called the Chocolate Expo. All right, now, is this that, that same Shriners place that we used to go to for the convention? Yeah, I think we went there for Northeast Comic Con. I'm pretty sure that was the first place I ever saw Mickey Dolan's in person. We saw Mickey Dolan's play like in, <laughs> in this weird, uh, coincidentally, very popcorn-scented lobby <laughs> of the Shriners Auditorium. Yeah, in Wilmington, Massachusetts, I believe. Correct. Yeah, Mickey Dolan's. <laughs> It was way too big a star to, to be part of that show, but there he was. Yeah, we used to go to uh, some of the goofy local conventions. We're at this same Shriners Hall, and yeah, the, and those weird old dudes with the goofy hats would be hanging around. But I have not been back since, but you went there for the chocolate show. I did go there for the chocolate <laughs> show, and it was a chocolate show and so much more. Tell me what happened at the chocolate show, please. I will tell you what happened. I walked in, and the first thing I saw was a booth for the world's best rum cakes. That's when I learned that there were going to be all kinds of treats. <laughs> I also found out when I, when I got there that cast members of the 1971 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory were going to be there. Right. Like Charlie Bucket and Veruca Salt and the kid Mike TV, not a kid anymore, obviously. Yeah. I think I heard something about this, yes, that the cast of Willy Wonka would be appearing at the chocolate show. <laughs> and at least one Oompa Loompa, and they were there yeah. taking photographs and, and signing autographs. You know, I went to a comics convention at that same venue way back, like in the 90s, and the Willy Wonka cast was there. I think those people might just live there. They might be secretly Shriners. Oh, good point. <laughs> Although I doubt that's the case for Veruca Salt, but maybe, I guess. You saw the Willy Wonka people? I saw, in passing. Yep. They they were at times roaming. <laughs> roaming around, just frightening people. Roaming around. But I wasn't there for, for that. I was there for the chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, I was like elbowing them out of the way so I could get at the samples. They were in between you and a sky bar. Did they have sky bars? No. <laughs> I like a good sky bar. But I have a stash of those at home, so I was okay. You're packing sky bars? I am packing sky bars. I'll be right there. I know where to find them. <laughs> Wouldn't it be something if suddenly like, I was not on the show anymore, and then you just hear tires screeching in the distance <laughs> based on the promise of a sky bar? I'll save you some sky bars, Kevin. Thank you. Stay on my good side, Kevin, and I will save you some sky bars. But now I have to behave myself for the rest of the show. <laughs> Any table that had a sign that said samples available here, Kevin, I was all over it. There were chocolates made with Kahlua and Bailey's, beautiful truffles, huge pieces of chocolate cake. There was a stand that had 
Bailey's just to drink. So there was <laughs> boozy chocolate. I'm picking up on a theme of the, the booths that you were stopping at. Oh, and boozy ice cream. Yeah, you know what? There was a theme. <laughs> yeah, so you're just realizing now. <laughs> <laughs> like espresso martini ice cream. It's a wonder that I remember any of this at all, Kevin. You're staggering through the chocolate show. <laughs> at one point, somebody offered me a Bailey's chocolate, and I had to ask, like, am I going to remember what a good time I had after eating this? <laughs> also available for sampling, maple syrup. I tried a really weird maple syrup with bourbon and cayenne in it. And I guess I must have turned really red because the person who was running that booth looked at me and said, are you Irish? Now, as you're changing colors, did the Oompa Loompa come running up and lecture you in, in the form of a song? I probably deserved it. I, yeah. <laughs> I went a little bit nuts. But the cool thing was, is your ticket was good for two hours. And you thought, oh, you know, I just, you know, in and out in two hours, I guess two hours into this thing, I was like, I'm good. Sure. I'm walking out of here with uh, probably more chocolate than I should have spent money on, but it's all delicious and and I'm good. So did you learn a lot? There there were um there were panels. There were panels, yes. There were panels and I walked by one. Is there like a vicious milk versus dark debate going on on stage? Yeah, people get way into that. Yeah. And they really have their favorites and there was another one that was a wine and chocolate pairing. It all tastes good together to me. So I didn't pay attention to that one either. But they were trying to educate the people. Was Mickey Dolan still hanging around? <laughs> he was monkeying around at the rum cake table. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like you'd expect Mickey Dolan's to do. Yes. Okay. Well, there's Cornflake at the Chocolate Festival. And then next week, it's off to the Popcorn Festival, right? Mm. Same place. Those Shriners, they've got their uh, Jiffy Pop going right now for you. They operate the microwaves, I hear, by driving in circles in those little cars. We have to go back. All right. You were at the Chocolate Show. I, I was out this past weekend. It was, well, remember last week we went to that ABBA show? Yes. <laughs> We went to the big ABBA tribute concert show uh, happening in Manchester, New Hampshire. It was glorious. It was so good. What a show. And uh, and it's not the musical. It, it's like a uh, concert with uh, singers and dancers and a great band. And, and our buddy Mike is the guitarist in this show. And he's on stage. And it's a big, super cool multimedia show. Yeah, we loved it. And well, anyway, this past weekend, uh, I went back. I went back to the ABBA show. You just could not get enough. <laughs> Try and keep me away from from an ABBA show, you know. No, we uh, the mayor and I went back the, a week later to see the same show again because uh, we wanted to uh, uh, bring somebody else to see it. We had a guest with us this time, and back we go. And I'm Turkston with Mike before the show. You know, he's backstage somewhere getting ready, but he somehow also had the time to uh, send a couple of wacky messages back and forth. So Mike knew that we were there. He knew we were coming back, and when we were there. Last yeah. week, uh, Mike brought out one of the singers with him, you know, his, his new buddy, uh, Militia. Yeah. One of the featured singers in the show. And we got to meet her and she was great. And so, so Mike's going to meet us out in the lobby when the show's over once again. But he warned me. He, he said, I can't guarantee I'm going to bring like a rock star along with me this time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I'm glad he let you down. Gently. Yeah. Understood. 
So show's over. Another fine, fine ABBA and uh, other disco hit tribute show. Mike finally came out and he said, uh, sorry, I'm late. I was talking to Corey Glover. And I said, what? what? Wait, <laughs> Corey Glover. I know that name. Corey Glover's lead singer of Living Color. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I thought he was joking at first, you know, because he said he, he, he couldn't guarantee a rock star this time. Um, because I think we mentioned last week, uh, Militia, the, the singer Militia has worked with Living Color. Right. Among everybody else. You know, she's worked with Cindy Lauper and Taylor Dane and Paul Schaefer, and, and she has all those amazing, amazing credits. But I remembered that that's right. She knows Living Color. So yeah, Corey Glover was there. So then we're talking to Mike, and then suddenly, just past Mike, I see Corey Glover walking towards us. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, so Mike did it again. He somehow did deliver <laughs> us another rock star. Corey Glover comes out. Yeah. And I was thinking, I said, Mike, last time I saw Corey Glover, I saw Living Color 35 years ago. Whoa. <laughs> Hadn't seen him since. I saw Living Color opening for the Rolling Stones at Foxborough Stadium. And so Corey Glover was just at the show to enjoy it? He came to see the show because he's friends with Militia. That's so odd. I love when people in the arts support each other like that. Yes, yes. So I, we so we didn't really get to uh, talk to Corey. I just kind of – I exchanged the nod, you know? Yeah. The same meeting I had with Daryl Hall that time when we saw Daryl Hall in the lobby. I just kind of nodded. He nodded back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mike got to spend some time with him though and said he's a great guy. And uh, I was a big fan of Living Color back in the day. Oh, that's so cool. But yeah, had, last time I saw him, it was in a football stadium <laughs> when they were opening for the Stones. Uh, but so Living Color was actually doing a show in Manchester that night. <gasps> oh, nice. Yeah, which Mike and Militia went to, and uh, I, I learned about this later, uh, people in the audience recognize Militia, like metal fans, because she's like a serious uh, metal singer. And during the Living Color show, Corey actually pointed her out to the audience, like that she was there, and, uh, and, and said he saw a fantastic disco tribute show that afternoon, and that everybody should go see it. Wow. Yeah. You gotta love when those kinds of fans cross over. All the stars are coming out in your old town of Manchester. It almost half makes me proud of where I come from. <laughs> I have a begrudging respect. <laughs> yeah, so that was nice. Another fine afternoon of uh, ABBA music, followed by a quick glimpse of an actual rock star, <laughs> who I am a fan of from way back in the day. There's still time as this show comes out. <laughs> People, you can still make your way to uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, and uh, go see our buddy Mike from uh, former guitarist of Sponge Awareness Foundation, now playing for real on the big stage in Manchester, part of Dancing Queens, the big ABBA tribute show. And who knows what kind of famous rock stars might show up <laughs> to see the show. Maybe Wang Chung will be there next week. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm hoping for Lamal. Lamal, that'd be a treat. All right, so that's what I was up to. That's what you were up to. Now we're back here. I do have a quick uh, chicken item for you. Want some chickens in the news? Yes, yes, yes. And now the Flopcast presents Chickens in the News. This was news to me anyway. Uh, this is a chicken item. I just learned about this right before recording tonight's show uh, from a calendar. We have a chicken calendar. 
here at the studio, believe it or not. I'm stunned. We're recording tonight. This is February 1st as we record. So, you know, new month. I flipped the page on the calendar, the chicken calendar, looked at the new chickens of the month. <laughs> and uh, there's a little text piece on the side of the of the February page. And I learned about chicken language, chicken communication. Did you know the chickens are just talking to each other? Like speaking in a, in a, a secret chicken language? I wasn't aware of this. This calendar, according to the calendar, it said... Uh, There's something to it with all those box and bagax? It says chickens use language to communicate about food, to warn of predators or other threats, and to converse among themselves about what's going on. I like <laughs> that part. Can you imagine being able to decode a chicken conversation and what they're talking about? What else do you think is going on in the chicken community besides food or threats? Apparently they find other things to chat about, but it says they make a greeting sound, like they just they have kind of a hello sound as, as they uh, come upon each other, as they come and go during the day. There's a specific greeting noise that is heard among members of the flock, which they spell here on the calendar as uh, I'm not quite sure how you'd pronounce this, but B U H hyphen D U P. But up. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard a chicken say that? Yes. <laughs> well, see, you're halfway there. You're familiar with this language. So the the backyard of my grandparents' house when I was a kid was adjacent to neighbors that had a, a chicken coop in their backyard. And so my swing on, on my side of the fence, my rope swing, was right nearby the chickens, and I got to see them talk to each other. Wow. And that's what they were saying. Yeah, they were saying, I remember the little noise they make. D-U-H hyphen D-U-P. That translates to you heard chickens saying exactly that. Wow. Yeah, and they're pretty casual about it. It's okay. it's not like a perky yeah. put up. Yeah. It's just a, you know, yo. Because they're, they're seeing the same chickens all day, every day, so they can't be super excited about it. I have never stopped to think about how lucky I was that I had access to chickens so frequently when I was little. It has, after all these years of being on the show, it has just now occurred to me that I was constantly getting to watch chickens when I was little. You were practically taken in as part of the flock. Now, did they ever say bud up to you? Because it says here, they also say it to humans. Would they greet you with that same noise? Not that I noticed. I think as a little kid, I might have been scary to them. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't trying to scare them. But I don't think they accepted me as one of their own. They considered you a predator or a threat? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have considered myself a predator, too, if I had watched myself and how crazy I was on that rope swing. So I can kind of get it. Yeah. You're considered a, a menace. A menace in the hen community. Menace on a rope swing. There's a, another uh, chicken, secret chicken word here. It says, at night... They have a different sound that they make, which is like an answer to an evening roll call, as if to say, yes, I'm here and I am okay. Aww. And that sound is, uh, it's spelled here as D-O-H hyphen D-O-H hyphen D-O-H. <laughs> what do you make of that? Da, da, da. Wasn't there a song in the 80s? Da, da, da. <laughs> right. Maybe that's how the chickens are talking to one another in the 80s songs. So that's what they say at night to each other. Did you ever hear them say that? No, that would have been pet. Like, chickens go to bed way later than, than little kids do. So I was never up for the daw, daw, daw. You never went creeping out to the hen house. No. What kind of kid do you think I was? <laughs> you sneak up on them late at night. They're, they're inside. They're singing uh, There Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens by Louis Jordan. 
if you get there late enough, that's when it's a party. All right, so unconfirmed, the uh, the nighttime sound. Yeah. But we do have confirmation from Cornflake. The, uh, the daytime greeting sound, you've actually heard them say. Yes. That's fantastic. See, I, I didn't know. I thought maybe some crazy calendar person was just making all this up. Nope. That I remember. If they put me in charge of writing the chicken calendar, can you imagine just what kind of just idiotic lies I would just be pouring onto each page? <laughs> I mean, you can make a whole page about how the chickens operate the supercomputer when we're not looking. <laughs> yes, it'd be. <laughs> if they put the Flopcast in charge of the chicken calendar, people would be awfully confused. All right, well, maybe we can trust this chicken calendar, I suppose. But so we, there's a, a little uh, lesson, a little language lesson. We're learning how to speak with the chickens. Well, that's good. Can I get the chicken language on my Duolingo app? Oh, chicken lingo, Rosetta Stone. I've been wasting all my time on these little French lessons every day. I could have been fluent in chicken by now. You'll catch up. I gotta. I have total confidence. Get in my you. priorities straight. But anyway, that's chickens in the news. We have one quick item left, Cornflake, and that is we have to announce what we're doing next week. Tell me more. Just to give the the listeners some chance if they want to take this as a homework assignment. Do you remember, like, what was it, two, three years ago, we were doing the Backs of Life? Yeah, it feels like forever ago, but we never finished that. We didn't finish. We had a big project going. We were watching every Backdoor Pilot episode of The Facts of Life, our favorite old 80s sitcom. They did a whole bunch of Backdoor Pilot episodes, and we were just watching and discussing each Backdoor Pilot, and we called it The Backs of Life. We did most of them, then we stopped. We did not complete the project. And it's just been gnawing at me ever since. Oh. Have you noticed for the last three years? Is that what it's been about? It seemed like something's been wrong for three years. Well, of course something's been wrong. The backs of life is missing. Ah. So you need to restore balance to the force. It's time to bring it back. So the plan is, Cornflake, next week we're doing the next episode of the backs of life. Oh, bringing it back. So we want to uh, give people fair warning. If you want to watch the next facts of life episode that we're going to discuss next week, I'm giving people the week to get ready. So take this week to watch that episode. So you'll be ready for our discussion or not. <laughs> Cause it also <laughs> really doesn't matter <laughs> if you watch it or not. Yeah. We'll bring you up to speed. If you space on your homework or the dog ate it, it's just going to be a silly fun discussion, whether you've seen the show or not, it'll be fine. But if you do want to actually play along and watch this episode, here's the one you want to see. You want to go to season nine, episode 22. And the episode is called Big Apple Blues. Season 9, episode 22. Is Facts of Life still streaming anywhere? I have no idea. I'm about to find out. You might have to go on the dark web, people, to find it. Do whatever you need to do. <laughs> might have to just jump in my time machine and go back to a night <laughs> when it was actually playing on television. Go back to March 19th, 1988, because that's when this happened. So if you can find it, Watch Season 9, Episode 22 of The Facts of Life, Big Apple Blues. If you can't find it, totally fine. We got you covered. We'll have fun next week and with a special guest. That's the plan. For the first time in the history of The Backs of Life, we're going to have a special guest to help us talk about this episode. 
I love that we're bringing it back and kicking it up a notch. Yeah, we are taking this up a level. Now, before anybody gets too excited, like it's not like the ghost of Charlotte Ray is going to join us. It's not someone that... <laughs> All right. None of the cast is being reanimated for this. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a cast member coming on, but we do have a special guest, friend of the Flopcast, who is a perfect guest to join us for the Backs of Life. So, got that to look forward to next week, Cornflake. But for this week, I think we're done. Get us out of here. I can do that. I think it's important for folks to know where to find us between shows on the internet at flopcast.net, facebook.com slash flopcast. We're on Mastodon, universodon.com slash at flopcast and Instagram, the underscore flopcast. Did I get them all? I kind of zoned out. I have no idea. Let's say you got them all. Okay, (laughs) good enough. And you know what helps other potential new listeners find the Flopcast? That's if you go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, you leave us a rating and or a review. That's the power move. Music for the Flopcast is written and performed by the Sponge Awareness Foundation. Sponge Awareness Foundation, uh, back in the late 80s, of course, we were considered a cult of personality. Cornflake, thanks for telling us about the chocolate show. (laughs) Still a little hopped up from it. I don't know if you could tell. And about popcorn. I think we all learned a lot here today. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Meanwhile, please be safe, be kind, be silly, and we'll see you next week. Peace and cookies. Check out the Modern Musicology podcast, where each week we talk about things like... What makes a great drummer? Our favorite rock documentaries. Songs we love by artists we don't love. Our favorite concert memories. Songs that should have been singles. And all of our favorite music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now. Do not use Modern Musicology if you're allergic to it. Modern Musicology may produce itching, dizziness, vertigo, temporary blindness, or heart palpitations. Do not taunt Modern Musicology. Ask your doctor about switching to Modern Musicology. This song is about where we are right now. The world's longest-running comedy music concert series is back. Having a good MarsCon? Fantastic. MarsCon 2024 is taking place March 8th through 10th at the Hilton Minneapolis St. Paul Mall of America Hotel in Bloomington, Minnesota. Oh, I just did the thing where I ad-libbed so long that it got awkward. Have fun and get wasted and tell me more. This year's event will have performances by The Great Luke Ski, TV's Kyle and Linzilla, Insane Ian, Power Sally, Meow Meme, Nuclear Bubble Wrap, Holy Bong Water, Scooter Picnic, Jake Duar, and this year's comedy music guest of honor, Cartoon Network legend Andy Merrill, the comedian behind the demented sensation that is Brack. I like hubcaps, I like laundry, I like waffles, I like ant farms, I like reset, picnic, and eating pork and beans. Registration for a weekend badge is $70. To pre-register and for more info on MarsCon, visit MarsCon.org. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> I'm going to write my mom tonight. What did you do today, Bonnie? I drink water. Everyone's screaming moisture at me. It was great. It's a, it's a bit. Cornflake, it's the secret after show. And I believe during the break, during the ad break, <laughs> you, you did some quick research into uh, the secret world of chicken languages. And you have some news for us. Yeah. You don't have to just take my word for it on how chickens sound when they are greeting one another or speaking their chicken language. You can go over to... Tillysnest.com. That's T-I-L-L-Y-S-N-E-S-T.com. This woman 
has recordings of how chickens say hello, including the badup noise, the uh-huh. broody hen warning, which apparently is scree oop oop oop, and uh, also the noise that they make when they are alerting. They even have a sound that they make when they say, I have to lay an egg. And the good night, the good night one is on here too. Now, is there any chance this is real or is this just a crazy lady making chicken noises on the internet? This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.